name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. God willing, this Saturday, after six days, we will celebrate the Feast of Epiphany. In this feast, we celebrate the baptism of our Lord Jesus Christ. When our Lord Jesus Christ was baptized in Jordan River at the hands of St. John the Baptist, the Holy Trinity was manifested. That's why this feast is called Theophania or Theophany. Theo means God. Phania means manifestation. Theophania means the manifestation of God. So this feast is called Theophany because the triune God was manifested on, th- on that day. Maybe some people will ask, what's Epiphany? What's the difference between Epiphany and Theophany? Epi means from above. For example, this layer is called Epiderm. Derm means skin. Epiderm is the, the above the the layer from outside on the skin, epiderm. Epiphania means the manifestation from above. And under Epiphania, all the feasts like the incarnation, nativity is part of the Epiphania, circumcision is part of the Epiphania, presentation to the temple is part of the Epiphania, baptism is part of the Epiphania. God revealed himself from above to us, that's Epiphania. But the manifestation of the triune God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, in the day of baptism, we call it Theophania or Theophany. As you know, God the Father spoke from heaven and said, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. That's about the Son. The Father is speaking about the Son. And God the Son was in the Jordan River. And God the Holy Spirit appeared as a dove, a lightning on the head of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is one in essence, but three in hypostasis or persons. We prefer to use the word hypostasis more than the word person, because person means as if three uh, individual, not, not united together. God is Trinity. Trinity means tri-unity, tri-hypostatical. Trinity, one in essence, three hypostases, one in usiyah, usiyah is the essence. For example, if you have ring and bracelet and necklace, these three are made of gold. That is the essence. These three are made of gold. But the difference here, the necklace is different from the bracelet, from the ring. But in God, actually, we have three hypostases three, just to to understand, three persons, 
these three persons are one in essence. For example, if you have three persons, Mark, John, and Peter, the essence of these three persons are human being. That's the essence. Just if you can imagine, if you put Mark in Peter in John, you put the three in each other. As the, the Lord said, I am in the Father and Father is in me. So if you put them together, but without confusion, and then this being fills the whole cosmos, that's God. So God, three hypostases, but one essence, and they are united. They are not separate from each other. The Father is in the Son, is in the Holy Spirit. The Father is in the Son, is in the Holy Spirit. Hypostasis, literally, the word hypo means sub. Stasis means stands. As the deacon when says stasi te, it's the same word, stand. So hypostasis means what's under the stand of God. There is no one single word can explain it perfectly. The hypostasis or a person. Hypostasis, S-I-S, that is the individual, singular. Hypostasis, S-E-S, that's the plural. So when we speak hypostasis, S-E-S, that's plural. But S-I-S, that's singular. The hypostasis have personal or hypostatic attribute, very unique to each hypostasis. The very unique attribute of the father that he is not begotten. The father is not begotten. And the very unique attribute of the son, he is the begotten, the only begotten. And the very unique attribute of the Holy Spirit that he proceeds from the father. So this is what we call it hypostatic attributes. Hypostatic attributes. The very unique attribute of the Father, the Son, we cannot say about the Son not begotten. No, He's begotten. We cannot say about the Holy Spirit not begotten. He proceeds. And again, the Son is begotten and the Holy Spirit proceeds. This revelation of the triune God exalts Christianity in no comparison with any other religion of simple monotheism. Simple monotheism, they just believe in God, who is one in essence and one in hypostasis. How this exalts Christianity? Because this dogma, and by the way, theology, when we say triune God, it's not our discovery. 
it's revelation. Theology is done by revelation. What God reveals to us, this is the truth. It is not our discovery. So this dogma of Trinity indicates the fullness of the mystical inward life in God. If one person and one essence, then there is no inward life within God. For example, God is love. And the love, if God is only one person, so how this love can be within God before the creation of the world? Which means God before the creation of the world cannot be called love if he is one person. And then love will be a new feature for God after the creation of the world. But when we believe in Trinity, then as we read in John chapter 17, the Son says to the Father, with the love with which you loved me before the foundation of the world. That's what we call it the mystical inward life of God. There is love between the three hypostases. So in the Holy Trinity, this love is directed within the divine life also, between the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. But if God's own person, love at least should be shared between two. Also, this dogma indicates the closeness of God to the world. How come? In other religions, God for them is above them. That's only. But here in Christianity, God, yes, he is above us. But Emmanuel, God became man and to be with us. And the Holy Spirit abides in you. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit abides in you. So God is within us. So yes, he is above us. He is with us. He is within us. But for monotheism, God is only above them. Above us is God the Father, who is the ever-flowing source. Ever-flowing source. From him, the Son is begotten, and the Holy Spirit proceeds. He is the foundation of all being. He is the Father of all mercies, as St. Paul described him. And just I want to explain to you when we say the Son is begotten from the Father, or the Holy Spirit proceeds from the Father, this doesn't mean an action happened in time and ended. No. You see how the light comes all the time from the Son? And how you see the heat comes all the time from the Son? In the same way, this filiation, the Son is begotten from the Father, is a continuous process. Like how the light comes always from the sun. And the procession of the Holy Spirit is also a continuous process.
God above us is God the Father. God with us is God the Son, who for the sake of the divine love has manifested himself to men as man, so that we might know and see with our own eyes that God is with us. Emmanuel, God is with us. And God in us by the Holy Spirit, in us by his power and grace, that is the Holy Spirit, who fills all things. He is the giver of life. He is the treasury and source of good things. He is the treasury and source of good things, as we say in the third hour of the Agbiya. The treasury of good things and the life giver. Some people try to explain the Trinity like the snow and the vapor and the water. But snow or ice, vapor and water, these are three forms of the same thing. But the Trinity are not simply forms. They are not forms. Or some people say in the Old Testament, God the Father, in the Incarnation, He became God the Son, then God the Holy Spirit, after the Ascension. This is the heresy of Sabellius. It's a heresy. So these three persons are not simply forms or isolated manifestation, or attributes, or activity. No. Being, he is being. True God of true God, as we say in the Creed. So the three persons, or the three hypostases, are contained in the very unity of God's essence. These three persons are contained in the very unity of God's essence. And the three persons have the same attributes of God's of divine essence, like gold, whether it is ring or bracelet or necklace, gold is gold, the same attributes. But they are distinguished in hypostatical attributes. There are general attributes and there is hypostatical attributes. Hypostatical attributes, as I explained, the Father is not begotten and not proceeding. The Son is begotten and the Holy Spirit proceeds. These are the hypostatical attributes. But all of them share in the general attribute. For example, truth is attribute of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Wisdom is an attribute of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Love is an attribute of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and so on. So in in the table in front of you, in second row, you will find in red the hypostatical attribute. The Father is the paternity. That's why we call him the Father. From him the Son is begotten and the Holy Spirit proceeds. The Son Filiation. Filiation means he is begotten. That's filiation. And the Holy Spirit, inspiration, means proceeds. On the left side, you will find some 
These are not comprehensive list of the general attribute, but some of the general attributes like truth, wisdom, love, life, mind, prudence. This table is just to make you understand how the Father is distinguished from the Son, distinguished from the Holy Spirit. Since the Father is the paternity, so when we come to the truth, he is the true one. And the Son is the truth. Because the truth is begotten from the true one. The true one says the truth. And the Holy Spirit will be the spirit of truth. The Father is the wise one. From him, wisdom is begotten. That's the Son. And the Holy Spirit, the spirit of wisdom. The Father is the lover. We call him lover of mankind. From him, the Son, the, the love is begotten. And the Holy Spirit will be the spirit of love. The Father is the living one. The Son is the life. As he said, I am the truth, the life. And the Holy Spirit, the spirit of life. The Father is the mighty one or the almighty. And from the almighty is begotten the might. And the spirit is the spirit of might. The Father is the prudent, and the Son is the prudence, and the Holy Spirit is spirit of prudence. See, just to simplify, what does it mean, hypostatic attribute and general attribute? The Holy Trinity is revealed in the Old Testament, not only in the New Testament, but was revealed in a hidden way. In the Hebrew language, it's like the Arabic. There is plural. It's different than the English. The Hebrew, there is plural and singular. In the Hebrew language, there is no language to magnify yourself or to exalt yourself. In Arabic, yes, you can use the plural to exalt yourself. For example, the kings of Egypt, they used to say, نحن الملك فاروق الأول. So he refers to himself as we, King Farouk. In Hebrew, doesn't have this language of exalting yourself. In Hebrew, it is plural, then he is speaking about more than one person. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, And God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness. Here, the, the speaker is more than one person. In Genesis chapter 3, verse 22, And the Lord God said, Behold, Adam is become as one of us. Who is us? Who are us here? The Holy Trinity. To know good and evil. In Psalm 2, verse 7, The Father is speaking to the Son. You are my Son this day, I have begotten you. Psalm 33, verse 6. By the word of the Lord were the heavens established, and all the might of them by the spirit of his mouth. You can see in this verse the, the Trinity. The word is the Logos, the Son. The Lord is the Father, and the Spirit is the Holy Spirit. In Psalm 142, verse 12. Your good spirit shall lead me in the land of uprightness. That's about the Holy Spirit. 
Isaiah 48, 16, the Lord God and his spirit has sent me. So the Lord God is the Father and his spirit is the Holy Spirit. Sent me, sent the Son in his incarnation. So we can see the Trinity here in this verse. Of course, there are more verses in the Old Testament. These are just some samples. In the New Testament, Matthew 28:19, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name. He did not say in the names, in the name, singular, of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. John 15, 26, But when the Comforter, that the Holy Spirit, is come, whom I, that is the Son, will send unto you from the Father. So the Son will send the Holy Spirit from the Father. Even the Spirit of Truth, which proceeds from the Father, He, the Holy Spirit, shall testify of me. The Catholic Church believes that the Holy Spirit proceeds from the Father and the Son. And as I told you, begotten or born means filiation. So this is called in Latin filioque, because filioque means the Son or begotten or born. So because they believe, they added the word the Son, proceed from the Father and the Son, that's why it's called the filioque. The confusion here, they are confusing between the sending and procession. It's clear in John 15, 26 that the procession is an eternal and a continuous action. So the Holy Spirit proceeds from the Father from eternity to eternity and it is a continuous action. But the sending, the Son sent the Holy Spirit in time on the day of Pentecost. That's the big difference between sending and the procession. Procession is only from the Father, not from the Father and the Son. But the sending, the Son sent the Holy Spirit in time on the day of Pentecost. He sent him from the Father to us. In 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 14, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, that the Son, and the love of God, that the Father, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. In 1 John 5, 7, For there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, and the Word, and the Holy Spirit. And these three are one. And let me just read with you some quotes from the writing of the early church fathers. St. Athanasius says, Neither can we imagine three substances separated from each other. By the way, substance right now in our usage means what? Means uh, like the essence. When I tell you what is the substance of this cross, you will tell me wood, right? But substance back then, it did not mean essence. It means hypostasis. Because sub is hypo, stance is stasis. 
the literal translation of substance is hypostasis. So when you read like Athanasius or some of the early church father using substance referring to the Trinity, they are they are referring to the persons, not to the essence. The the use of the word changed over the years. That's why in theological dialogue, usually you need to ask this question. What do you mean by this term? Sometimes we use terms from culture to culture, or from time to time, or from season to season. It has different meaning. You need to ask this question. What do you mean by this? What do you mean by substance? What Athanasius meant by the word substance here? He meant here hypostasis. Because literally, substance, sub means hypostasis means stasis. So hypostasis is substance. But now substance in our contemporary time means essence. I can read it. Can we imagine three hypostases separate from each other as a result from their bodily nature in the case of men? lest we hold a plurality of gods like the heathen. So he said, when we speak about three persons, they are separate from each other. Mark, Matthew, John, they are separate. So if we think about God as three separate persons, then now we fall in the heresy of polytheism. Monotheism or polytheism. Polarity of God. St. Asinatius gave the metaphor of the river. He said, just as the river produced from a well, so there is a source here. And from this source, the river runs. So the source, like God the Father, and the river here is like God the Son. As a river produced from a well, is not separate. And yet there are, in fact, two visible objects and two names. We have the source, the well, and the river, but they are not separate from each other. And he said, neither is the father the son, the son distinguished from the father, nor the son the father. For the father is the father of the son, and the son is the son of the father. This is what we call it hypostatic attribute, paternity and filiation and inspiration. For like as the well is not a river, I cannot call a well a river, nor the river is a well. But both are one and the same essence, the same water, which is conveyed in a channel from the well to the river. So the father deity passes into the sun without flow and without division. Without flow, lest you think it's like how the water comes from the well into the river. So, because the Father is in the Son and the Son is the Father, so the deity passes into the Son without flow or without division. For the Lord says in John 16:28, I came out from the Father and I'm come to the world. But he is ever with the Father. The Son is ever with the Father. For he is in the bosom of the Father. Not was ever the bosom of the Father void of the deity of the Son. 
So there was not a moment in which the bosom of the father was empty from the deity of the son. The specific relation of the son to the father from whom he is begotten, precisely as the son, is quite different from the relation of the spirit like the breath proceeds from his mouth. The filiation is different than inspiration. How the Son is begotten from the Father is different how the Holy Spirit proceeds from the Father. That's why there are two different words. The Son drives from the Father in a way appropriate to the Son as a Son. By generation, that's called generation. And the Holy Spirit drives from the Father in a way appropriate to the Spirit as a Spirit by procession. They asked St. Athanasius, what is the difference between procession and generation or filiation? He told them, if you answer me how God was born from St. Mary without the seed of man, I will answer to you the question, what is the difference between procession and filiation? Meaning what? It's a mystery. It's a mystery. It's above our comprehension. That's why one of the attributes of God, incomprehensible. We cannot comprehend it. The son unoriginally begotten. What do you mean unoriginally? He's not the origin, but he's begotten. And the spirit unbegottenly proceeding. So the spirit is not born from the father, but he proceeds. And both quiet ineffably. The father who is himself without generation or origination. Because the father is not begotten and not proceeding. But he is the one principle or one origin and the cause of the son and the Holy Spirit. That's the paternity. The Son is begotten from the Father and the Holy Spirit proceeding from the Father. Although in such a way that there is no interval of existence, time or space between them, no before or after in the order of their being. So there is no interval in time or space. There was no time in which the Father exists and the Holy Spirit did not exist or the Father exists and the Son did not exist. So there is no after or before. And the community of nature, we call it one usiya, one essence, is not disturbed by the distinction of the three hypostases. They are distinguished, but the same usiya, the same essence. And also the particularizing Notes of the three persons, each one has its particular hypostasis, is not confounded in the community of their being. Yes, they are distinguished, but they are one usiyah and three hypostasis. How we benefit from this? How this can be applied in our life? I want you to focus with me because this is the most important part our relationship with the Holy Trinity. In the sermon this morning, I mentioned quickly 
but here I will mention it with some details. The son is the bridegroom, and you are his bride. So there is an actual marriage between the son and the church. And this actual marriage is done through the Holy Spirit in the mysteries or in the sacraments of the church. So there is marriage here. That's why we read in the book of Revelation, the wedding of the Lamb and the supper of the wedding of the Lamb of God. In the sacrament of confession, we are cleansed, we are purified from our sins by the action of the Holy Spirit in order to cleanse us, to be suitable for the Son. Think about it if you bring a poor girl and she will be married to the prince. Then this poor girl first need to be washed and dressed and adorned in order to be suitable bride for this prince. That's what the Holy Spirit does in the sacrament of confession. He cleanses us, purifies us, adorns us with the fruits of the Spirit to be a suitable bride for the Son of God. Then in baptism, you know, if, if adult is joining the church, he will start with confession, not with baptism. As St. Peter said, repent and be baptized. In the sacrament of baptism, we are born again from water and spirit. And we put on the righteousness of Christ. We put on a new man that is renewed in the knowledge after the image of God who created him. As we read in Colossians chapter 3, verse 10. You who were baptized, you put on Christ. You put on Christ, the righteousness of Christ. Then in the confirmation or chrismation, the Holy Spirit dwells in you, are the temple of God, and the Holy Spirit abides in you. And our members become the members of Christ. That's why St. Paul spoke about the sin of adultery. And he said, can I take the members of Christ and make them members of harlot? So we became members of Christ. As St. Paul says in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 30, from his bone and from his flesh. From his bone. You know, Adam, when he saw Eve, he said, this is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. St. Paul used the same term, the same expression in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 30, and he said, we are his bones and his flesh. Then in the communion, the Holy Spirit descends not only on the bread and wine, but descends also on us. Abuna says, send your Holy Spirit upon us and these elements. To change the elements in the body and the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And to make us one with Christ. He who eats of my body and drinks my blood abides in me and I in him. So through the sacrament of the church, confession, baptism, confirmation, and communion, there is a marriage here. And this marriage makes us one with Christ. And Christ is the Son. So if Christ is the Son, and we are one with the Son, then we are children of God the Father in the Son. 
the Lord said to Mary Magdalene after his resurrection, I did not ascend yet to my father and your father and to my God and your God. This explains the unity. When he said, my father, the father is the father of the son by nature, but your father by adoption. And when he said, your God by nature, but my God, when the Lord said about the father, he is my God by incarnation, because he became man like us. I did not ascend yet to my father by nature, and your father by adoption, and to my God by incarnation, and your God by nature. If two persons who are not sure whether they are married or not, then Abuna who officiates the marriage is there. So Abuna can bear testimony and say, I married both of them. They are married, right? Who married us with the Son, the Holy Spirit? That's why in Romans chapter 8, verse 15, he said, You have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. In this marriage, we became children of God the Father. That's why you can call the Father and tell him, Abba, our Father who art in heaven. Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. So Satan, the prosecutor, the accuser, he said, this person cannot inherit the kingdom of God because he is not from the family of God. He is not a daughter, he is not a a son, or she is not a daughter of God. The Holy Spirit will bear witness and say, no, through baptism and chrismation and confession and communion, I was there and I bear witness. This person is a son or a daughter of God, eligible for inheritance. Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. If children, then heirs, heirs of God, joined heirs with Christ. In Christ, we will be heirs, we will inherit, eligible for inheritance. In summary, we can say you are children of God the Father. How? Through our marriage with His only begotten Son. How? Through the action of the Holy Spirit. How? In the mysteries or the sacraments of the Church. We are the children of God the Father through our marriage with His only begotten Son, through the action of the Holy Spirit in the sacraments of the Church. That's why we read in John chapter 1, verse 12, As many as received Him, received means accepted. As I said in the sermon this morning, the Son came and made a proposal. When we accept the proposal, to them He gave power to become the children of God. When we accept the proposal to be united with the Son, to wait with the Son, then we become the children of God. We cannot be heirs of the kingdom unless we are children of the Father. Only children are eligible for inheritance. And we cannot be children of the Father except through our marriage with the Son. 
And we cannot have relationship with Christ without the action of the Holy Spirit. And we cannot receive the Holy Spirit away from the church and the mysteries, the sacrament of the church. That's why St. John Chrysostom said, there is no salvation outside the church. Because inside the church, we have the sacrament. Through the sacraments, the Holy Spirit will unite us with the Son. And then in the Son, we become children of God. And if we are children, then we are heirs. May the Lord, actually, while we are celebrating this beautiful feast of Theophany, may the Lord strengthen our relationship with the Holy Trinity so we can glorify Him in everything we do. Glory be to God forever and ever. Amen.